just gone 13 minutes after 8 o'clock. Thank you very much for choosing to stay with us on Talk with Rams. We are officially on Rams and Sands and we talk consumer issues. Tonight we focus on short-term insurance and our regular guest and brother and friend of the show, Pidankuna, Senior Assistant Ombudsman at the Ombuds for Short-Term Insurance is joining us on the line. Our telephone number is 089-110-3377. Whatever issues you have about short-term insurance, feel free to join us. By way of introduction, before I say hi to you, Peter, uh, General Manager for Insurance Risk uh, at the South African Insurance Association, Saya, uh, Nico Easterizen, said that short-term insurance has a different pricing structure and disclosure rules to long-term products. Uh, it says life insurance and funeral covered lines are required to t- disclose items of material nature on the day of the contract and they will be covered regardless of changes to personal or health circumstances. We all know where this came from. It was on the basis of the Ghana's issue that uh, became famous last week. Now, we're talking short-term insurance, Peter. Good evening to you. But I want us to talk about, in this case, what are, what are the disclosure issues that affect short-term insurance? How are you, my brother? Good evening, friends. I'm well, thank you. And good evening to the listeners as well. Thank you very much. So, uh, you know, fortunately, last week we spoke to uh, uh, someone from, uh, I think it's Jennifer from 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 long-term insurance ombud and we got to understand yeah. the issues there but i i with with this intro from nico yesterday's and i now know that there are also issues of non-disclosure and how they impact short-term insurance can we talk about those yeah um the the, the in principle there's not that much of a difference um the main difference between short-term um insurance and long-term insurance as far as that specific aspect is concerned is that um where we are dealing with short-term insurance um every month you're basically going into a new contract and therefore um those things that you needed to disclose right at the beginning of your contract you will always have the obligation to keep on updating with the latest information. Let's say for argument's sake, um, to give an example, with, with the current issue that, that's been uh, under discussion, yeah. um, in, in terms of long term, um, one would have to make the disclosure upfront at the inception of the policy, and if anything happens afterwards, it would not necessarily, in fact, it's not going to, to impact their policy. Whereas in short-term insurance, um, if there is a change, um, as soon as possible, you need to then update your insurance company because, um, as I said, every month you sort of start afresh. Mm. Um, when you pay your, your new premium for the new month, um, it might be on the same basis as the the information being accurate, et cetera, et cetera. So if you know that things have changed and you don't update, um, you could be compromising your, your position should you need to play at a later stage. Give me an example. Uh, so if I, I've i got a car insured with insurance company X and uh, in the, by the time the new month starts, uh, that car has been, what, broken into once, but I but I decided to fix it myself because I thought it was a small thing. Should I tell the insurance company? Yes, that 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 is what what is required of you. Mm-hmm. Um, another example would be you you could have two cars. Okay. Um, you 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 had one car that was 
with uh, insurer A Mm -hmm. for the last couple of years, um, and then you buy a new one. And as you buy the new one, one of the questions they would ask you is about your insurance and claims and loss history. Mm. Um, So the question will probably go along the lines of have you or anybody that's going to be covered on this policy suffered any losses in the last three years, whether you claimed or not, etc., etc. And then you need to make those disclosures. Let's say at the point in time when you are asked about that, one of the questions could be, have you had any insurance company cancel you, refuse to renew your policy, or um, ask you to seek alternative insurance elsewhere? And you answered correctly at the time, yes, no, I have not had any cancellation. Yes. And l- let's say for argument's sake, two days later, um, you received a letter or a call from your old insurance company saying, uh, Mr. Mugote, your, your insurance history with us doesn't look all that good. You seem to be a multi-claimant. Uh, we therefore advise that um, from next month, you must please have somebody else as your insurance company because we are going to cancel. We are hereby giving you mm. a 30 days notice. As soon as that information uh, comes to to your knowledge, you will then have to update all your other insurance companies that have interest in that kind of thing um, so that it is then taken into account when they do a risk assessment Mm. so that you pay the appropriate um, uh, premium in line with uh, how they assess the change in the risk that you present to them. How how is the undisclosed information used uh, by the insurance company at the time of claiming? All right. What what it it, it depends. There are three types of uh, let's call them misrepresentation stroke non-disclosures. Yes. Uh, the, 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 there's one that is referred to as innocent. That is where you might reasonably. Uh, not realize that you needed to inform your insurance company. Hmm. Um, There there is one where you negligently uh, do not, let's say for argument's sake, you used to work in Santon and you changed work and now you're working in Rosebank or the city center of Johannesburg. Uh, You need to inform your insurance company of such changes as well. And, And because this happened last week and you're probably now concerned with the move, getting your furniture across from the one office to the other and things like that, it is not likely that you'd be thinking of updating your Mm. insurance companies of those things. And therefore, if you suffered a loss within a short space of time, um, that is likely to be considered to be negligent uh, misrepresentation or non-disclosure, rather. Okay. Um, and, and in an instance like that, it will then be taken into account uh, that, you know, all of these things happening around you in your life, it is understandable, perhaps, that you would not have thought of immediately notifying insurance company. Then there is the last one, which is very serious. Um, intentional or fraudulent uh, 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 misrepresentation or non-disclosure. And this is the instance where uh, you deliberately misinform or fail to inform your insurance company purely because you know either they are not going to accept you as a risk or alternatively 
if they do accept you, you're probably going to end up paying a lot in terms of your premiums and mm. perhaps your excesses might be very high and things like that. So in order to avoid being uh, rated as a high risk correctly so, you then downplay the risk that you present and the insurance company therefore uh, charges you a lower premium and perhaps your, your, your excesses will also be at a lower level than they should be and in certain instances, um, insurance companies may not even be willing to accept the risk that you present. Peter, uh, but because you have now Peter, not Peter, disclosed... Peter, Peter, may I please interrupt you because it will be negligent if I don't stop now for a break. I'll come back okay. just now. All right, no problem. You're on Rams and Sands, and my name is Rams Mabote. My guest is Peter Nguna, Senior Assistant Ombudsman at the Ombudsman for Short-Term Insurance. We'd like to hear from you. 89 Any short-term insurance issues that you have, any claims that were repudiated and you're not sure why, and it could have been that you were negligent in disclosing information when you were supposed to have disclosed it. So, Peter, as, as we took a break, let me make an example to understand the third example that you're making. So, example is... Uh, I know that I bought a car that was once stolen, so it was recovered. Uh, yeah. And I know for a fact it was not a secret, and I did not disclose that. So, yeah. so uh, insurance X could have said, well, we don't want to insure a car like that, so therefore they would not have given me cover. But because they okay. didn't know they gave me cover and probably even gave me good cover that is below what, or they could have then added a pr- uh, something on top, a premium on top. They didn't do so because I didn't disclose. So at the time okay. of claim, they will take that into consideration. Is that what you mean? Yes. And, and, and for example, in, in particularly in instances, there are insurers who would say, for example, they do not cover uh, rebuilt cars. Yes. Or, or for that matter, stolen and recovered, depending on what exactly the history would be. Um, they may want more information. As soon as you disclose that this is the, the, the type of car it is, they would then probe a little bit more and then depending on the circumstances, they could then say, sorry, that type will not cover mm. or will cover it, but this, these would be the circumstances. For example, your, your, your rebels, ordinarily insurers who are willing to accept them on their books um, would do so on the basis that um, should you suffer a total loss, that is where your vehicle is stolen, complete, is stolen or it is written off, um, they would pay instead of 100% of its value, they would pay 70%. Mm. So that is sort of an industry understanding that a rebuild would not be of the same value as a, a, a code to or second-hand or used uh, car. Excellent. So those would be some of the things that um, the insurance company and yourself would have to come to some kind of an understanding before you conclude the contract. But then if you don't disclose those details, um, come claim stage, you suddenly... Uh, are required to produce the papers of the car. They see that this is a rebuild, and then they say, "Sorry, sir, you are not going to pay you hundred thousand. You are going to pay you seventy thousand, right?" Mm. And then there's a dispute, which which could be unnecessary had you disclosed and things been discussed properly. One would have understood right from the onset that um, this being a rebuild, I would only be covered for seventy percent of what would ordinarily be its value, either retail market or trade, depending on how one 
Inshallah. Okay. So uh, earlier in the day when we were telling our listeners that you'll be joining us much, much earlier, the first person to tweet was uh, Refilo Africa, uh, Miss Africa on Twitter. She says, housebreaking, laptop stolen. My insurer wanted me to provide proof of purchase. The laptop, however, was five years old. They never mentioned keeping receipts when they gave me cover over the phone. Yeah, um, that, that is one of the common things we deal with at our office. Um, and, and how we ordinarily approach those would be, um, firstly, as, as a matter of principle, um, one has to understand when you put in a claim with your insurance company, what you are saying to them is that I used to have this item and I lost it, and I lost it under circumstances in which the cover that you, my insurer, provide would have to indemnify me. That is, pay me or something of that sort so that I can get another one or you replace it or whatever the case may be. Mm. Now, now, if you are saying that, um, surely one would then have to understand that by implication, you might be able to substantiate that use of your policy. Mm. And once you've done that, the next question is, if you want the insurance company to replace it, how is the insurance company going to replace it? Therefore, the insurance company needs to also know its value or the specifications at least. Mm. So all of those things are taken even in law to be things that one would have to understand that when I claim I have to do that. Reasonably, then, Peter, reasonably, yes. how long should I keep receipts for? I mean, 20 years, 15? Okay. I, I was going to uh, that very point. Yeah. Now, we, we, we all understand life happens, mm. and, and it is not reasonable that somebody would uh, keep uh, or be expected or required to keep proof of pages for certain things. Um, and I'll give the example of clothes. Um, I, I don't think there are many people who would keep uh, receipts of, of clothes, yes. maybe within the first week or two, maybe a month hmm. or three months, um, if you're concerned about warranties and uh, them getting damaged or uh, getting torn easily when the quality would be such that you shouldn't expect that to happen so soon. Uh, but, I mean, after a year, I, I doubt that there would be <laughs> that many people who still have receipts of their clothing. And then, um, you suffer their loss, uh, and most insurance companies would would anticipate that, and therefore, if there are no circumstances that suggest that there is anything untoward happening with regards to your claim, you would be given the benefit of doubt, and um, your claim will be accordingly settled on the basis that you probably had the same thing. But what what sometimes happens is. There could be other issues with your claim where they pick up that you're not very uh, 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 honest and things like that. And then it starts complicating things. Even where you would have been given the benefit of doubt, um, the insurance company is no longer willing to do that. So um, with with the laptop kind of thing, um, depending on how long ago, where one bought it and all of those things, um, there, there is a great chance that um, reasonable insurance companies would give the insured the benefit of doubt and say, look, we understand. However, you also have places where they keep records of purchases over 
long period of time. Mm. Um, and I can give you an example. I know of one macro is such an example. Yes, where, because yes. you buy using an account, yes. um, they would have all of that record. So what sometimes happens is I'm putting in a claim, and then I say I bought it from macro, and I don't know that macro keeps records. And then mm. what they do, what they do is they send their investigator there to verify or validate, and then they discover that I never bought anything on my account mm. like like that laptop that I lost. And then what happens? Then they start suspecting that um, there's fraud or dishonesty involved. Mm. And then the more uh, suspicions there are with regards to my claim, the, bro- the more problems there will be because even where they would have otherwise given me the benefit of doubt, they would no longer be willing to do that because there's now a suspicion that we are dealing with a potentially dishonest person <laughs> who told who told us that he bought a laptop from Macro, but we have checked and found that there was no such purchase at Macro. Or oh, where still, and, and, he does not even that. have an account at Macro. Yes. Zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. We'd like to hear from you. I promise you, Luva, I'm taking this call reluctantly. Oh, go out with an phone. I got a phone number. Anyway, good evening to you. Number one, um, um, the reason why I'm so scared on your show is that you pick up a call and say we must hold. I've been holding for like eight minutes now. Great stuff, Luva. Well done. So it's either. He takes our comments down and he gives it to you, or you have a WhatsApp line where we'll leave a voice message. We, for we, the we, are, we are working on the WhatsApp line, Peter. So, uh, Luvo, <laughs> sorry about that. Thank you very much, my brother. Thank you for Quick holding, question. and we're listening Quick to you. Question. Quick question. Um, on, the, um, on the short-term insurance with regards to e-medical, e- what I wanted to double-check is, if you've been working for like 20 years, and then you'll be retrenched, uh, and you never, I mean, I'm so young, person, I don't go to the doctor all the time. But then I stop working, and obviously I'll start paying my uh, medical aid. I forfeit the whole 20 years of premium of paying every month. Why is that? One. Two. Why medical aid? Mm, your line is not good, Luvo, after holding on for so long. We're going to try and get you back. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try and get you back. I, and I'm also not sure whether we can answer medical aid questions here. We actually are planning to get the me- the medical aid people to answer lots of questions that keep on coming. Treasure, good evening. How are you, Rams? Thank you for holding, Treasure. I'm fine. How are you? No, pass my greetings to the guy over there. Yeah, Peter is listening. Yes. Man, I'm, I'm calling regarding uh, the experience with uh, the car insurance. Hmm. Yeah, um, I remember yeah, I bought a car in uh, February 2017. No, not 2017, 2018. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, oh, Treasure. We're listening oh, to you. Listening. Go ahead. Okay, yes. In fact, February this year, it was uh, 12 months. Mm. I bought it last year, 2017, February. And this particular car insurance, it is the one that uh, uh, made sure that I, I get the car from, uh, release my car from VW. Mm. Remember, I cannot have a car, I cannot take car out of VW without a, an yes, insurance. Yes. I did not know them, but uh, they spoke with me over the phone. They explained terms and conditions. I then agreed. Since I paid them monthly, uh, not even a single month where they they got a they did not find money. 
But unfortunately, only on the 14th month this year, April, I was then involved in a car accident. Mm. That's when I tried to call them. Uh, they came to the scene, they towed the car. Uh, unfortunately, they, they communicated with me. Uh, they, in fact, updated me that, no, no, we are still busy with the assessor. We have appointed an assessor. We are still busy assessing the damage. Uh, from there, they then called. Uh, they said, no, no, uh, you know what? We cannot assist you with our claim. In fact, firstly, they wrote off the car. They said, no, no, after the assessment, we, we, the car is right off. Mm-hmm. After that, now, this, the state of communication is then said, now we cannot assist you with your claim. The reason being, uh, it appears in the system that you have a, a withdrawn case of assault. Now, for the fact that uh, in the system you have the withdrawn case of assault, we cannot assist you. We don't deal with people uh, people with criminal record. Hmm. And I then asked, guys, I have never had anything anything such from you. They said to me, you know, they communicated with me over the phone at the time when I... Uh, when I was asking them at VW, they said they have asked me. I said, please send me the recordings because I don't remember. They, no one asked me that. Even today, they don't. They have never sent me those recordings. When I check uh, in, in my contract, in all the clauses and everything, there's no way in the contract policy terms and conditions where it speaks about a criminal record. And the good so, part of it. So, treasure, treasure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna push you a bit, mate. Uh, okay. where, where are we now? So this happened uh, early in the year. Where are we? So they've not paid you. Uh, the matter is hanging. Now, they, until now, they did not assist me with my claim. They said to me they don't, they cannot assist me with my claim until now. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna ask you to listen on the radio, unless Peter, you have follow-up questions for treasure. Um. The, the only one that I, I'm just curious has has he lodged um, a, a, a complaint with our office? Treasure, uh, have I, you lodged a complaint with the short term insurance uh, ombuds office? Yeah, I, I, last time I phoned, they said they're gonna send me the forms to fill. Unfortunately, I did not receive any forms. Okay. okay, listen on the radio. Uh, we 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 will make sure that something right happens. But before we even talk about that, Peter, this. Is almost to me the short-term insurance Ghana's matter. Because I'm thinking like a layman, what has <clears> my <throat> previous criminal record, even if whether it's true or not, whether if I've, I've, I've assaulted somebody, what has that got to do with my car uh, being in an accident and being written off? Well, uh, I, I think, uh, and it's a good thing you're asking that, um, because I think a lot of misunderstanding where insurance is concerned stems from just that specific fact. Mm. Um, I, I think a lot of times we don't understand what insurance is um, in the sense that in, in, in the simplest form, you, you have a particular risk and you want to transfer it to somebody else in the form of the insurance company. They assess what that risk is, and they charge a premium in accordance with the level of risk that they would be assuming. Uh, and, and part of that risk assessment involves a lot of things. Um, for example, your criminal record um, would be relevant because if 
let's say for argument's sake, you have uh, the propensity to be involved in fraudulent activities, mm. there's a greater chance that you could have fraudulent claims. Yeah. So they, they need to know things like that. Mm. Um, if you don't pay your premiums or you've got financial issues, um, you could commit fraud because you've got financial issues. Or alternatively, if you're not committing fraud because you've got financial issues, uh, have your policy lapsing. And the way the underwriting system works generally is that um, you need to be paying your premiums every month so that it works for everybody else. Because if I come and I pay two months and then I claim and then I go to a different insurance company, what that means is that the insurance company that I'm leaving and its clients will have paid for my loss without receiving anything. So it compromises them. So they need to have all of that information for purposes of assessing risk. And that is why those questions are asked, and that is why one needs to uh, disclose and inform the insurance companies accurately so that um, we are on an equal footing. Um, I understand exactly what I'm taking on as the insurance company, Mm -hmm. And you as the consumer also get to understand. The same way, there, there are instances where uh, our office has come across, uh, uh, has come across um, instances where, where, where insurance uh, play uh, fairly, um, give the other party enough information that they can make decisions well infor- informed and know exactly what it is that they are contracting for. Okay, Peter, I'm going to ask you this question as a follow-up. I'm going to ask you to please answer it very briefly before I take my last two calls. So, if I declare uh, that I'm a wife, Pesha, and I'm taking insurance for for, for my car, will I still be covered as long as I've disclosed that I've got the propensity to beat up women? Well, it it depends on how that insurance company uh, does its underwriting. Um, all these insurance companies have different criteria that they use. Mm-hmm. And for, for one insurance company, you might find that they have found some correlation between wild details and accidents. <laughs> and therefore, for them, um, the higher the chances that you you would be involved in accidents because you are a wife beater, and for somebody else it might not be a relevant consideration at all. And that is why you are able to, when you present certain peculiar risks, uh, still find there are some insurers that are willing to accept the risk while others are not. And likewise, even in terms of premiums, some will still be uh, charging you a more reasonable premium where others would give you some unaffordable or ridiculous event. So it, it really depends on the underwriting criteria of the specific insurer. For my part, I think wife patients should not be covered. Anyway, uh, Pumlani, good evening. Thank you for holding. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Good evening in the studio. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. guess um, mine is a short one. Mm. Um, I had a vehicle sometime, I'd say eight years back, that obviously it was insured. Once the car, I, I, it was paid off. Um, I, I, I did find no reason for me to continue with the, the premium. So what I did, I also stopped paying for the insurance. I actually cancelled the insurance. Mm. Then a couple of years down the line, I bought another vehicle of which it was insured. And um, on that vehicle that I bought, um, I gave it to my mom they were going on a vacation 
Um, um, on the vacation, the car had an accident, and obviously I notified the insurance of what has happened. And um, they towed the car because it was in a different province until it came into Gauteng. Mm. Um, they were also they did all the processes in terms of what needs to be done, and um, um, upon upon the, um, the the final to say okay, either they're gonna fix the car or not. They said okay. Initially, the car was a write-off. That's initially what the assessor told me mm-hmm. when they did the assessment. And um, then I said okay, fine. Then they said okay, they need to finalize um, the claim. And um, on the finance, they were finalizing the claim. They said, no, they are not going to pay for that vehicle because they, upon taking the insurance, there was one question which was posed to me, and I think it was lack of my good English understanding. I did um, um, reply to that question as a no, but I did not have a full understanding to that. So based on that question which was asked to me, um, I, I, they, they could not cover me. Mm. How long ago was this? Um, that was three years ago, 2015, mm. and the car was like four months. Um, I, oh, I just bought the car, it was four months. I was too old, like the full um, price for the vehicle. So oh. what I did is I contacted the ombudsman, the short-term insurance ombudsman, and um, they told me to put everything in paper, age from day one up until what happened, which I did, but unfortunately the ombudsman also favored um, the, the insurance. Mm. So when I asked the ombudsman as to why would they favor the ombudsman, because upon the accident scene and um, um, and when the accident happened, there was nothing wrong, even the driver, it wasn't myself, it was my dad that was driving the vehicle, um, as to maybe there was a discrepancy to say maybe we were wrong or what, said no, because... Um, your, the, when you took the insurance, you were asked how long did you have um, um, in comprehensive insurance, and I answered by saying five years, and whereas it was something like three years. Based on that question alone, then they said they declared. Mm. Pumlani, I'm going to cut you off. You were not as brief as you promised, but we will respond to you shortly. I need to take hope and hope. I am sorry. I only have one minute, please. Hello? Yeah, I have one minute. Can you ask the question? Yes, uh, my question is, uh, my partner had an accident in July. So the insurance told me that uh, with the assessment, which only they declined uh, a few weeks ago. And according to them on their letter, the, the, uh, the claim rejection letter, they said they're not going to pay based on the fact that my partner was under the age of 26. Mm. So I went back to them and say, but my partner, she's way over 26. And according to what you guys told me, you said anybody can drive the car as long as, as uh, that person is over the age of 26 and has had a license for more than three years. So right now, um, the, the, the car is a write-off and the insurance refuses to pay based on the letter that the, my partner was under two uh, under the age of 26. So, 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 Hope, let me ask you this question. I, I really have to run. Your your partner is beyond 26. She's over, she's 32. Your partner has been driving for more than three years. And, yes. and, and there's proof of that. Yes. Cra- 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 crazy stuff. I'm going to ask Peter to really respond. We, we're out of time. Peter, I'm also going to rush you a bit. Uh, I'm out of time. So can we respond to Pumlani and, and, and Hope? Okay. Um, very quickly, um, I, I don't know the specific circumstances of each matter, so I just give general uh, answers. Yeah, I, I strongly suspect with the second case that the issue might probably relate to 
a regular driver. This is a concept that is used when you take up insurance cover, they will ask you who's going to be driving this car mm. most of the time. And then what people tend to do is they don't disclose the correct person or sometimes they disclose the correct one, but things change because life happens. Yep. And when things change, you don't go and change it. And that could create problems. Um, the, the other one was with regards to... Yeah, Pumlani, uh, uh, he answered the question wrongly and, and, uh, and therefore... Oh, yeah. oh, oh yes. It, it, that one is, is the same general thing that we've yeah, been discussing exactly, throughout. Exactly, it um, is. If, if, if you're not giving accurate information, there's a very good chance. And, and it, it's easy for me to today come and say, I misunderstood, etc., etc., what we would do as, as the, the ombudsman is we would get the same recordings when you took up the cover, listen to them. And if our view is that um, they ask a fairly straightforward question, which any person with reasonable levels of intelligence would have understood it exactly the same way that um, the insurance company intended it to be understood. Uh, and in our view, the explanation that you misunderstood doesn't make sense we would not be able to assist you. And that's basically the same way that any court would approach it. If you claim that there was some sort of misunderstanding, etc., etc., yeah. uh, you'd really need to satisfy the court or whatever forum that um, it is reasonable that you would have misunderstood the question. And if, for example, they ask you, and I know one of the questions they'll ask you, in the last three years, have you had any break of more than 39 days, for example? Mm. Um, I mean, how difficult is it to understand something like that? If I got uh, the recording and that is the question that was asked of you, and you're telling me that you did not understand, it's not likely I would be convinced by that. It's not likely that anybody would be convinced by that. Peter, sorry to rush you. How Give us the details of how, pe- how people can hold or get hold of the, uh, the ombud. Um, telephonically, you can get us at 011-726-8900, um, 011-726-8900. Um, you can visit our website, www.osti.co.za. www.osti.co.za and um, I think you'll get the rest of the details there. Peter, thank you so much, my brother. Uh, We shall pass on the details. And by the way, uh, this is the last time we chat this year. Uh, our, our, I've got two more shows to go before we take a break. I shall certainly speak to you again next year. You must have a great, great festive and restful season. You too. Thank you very much and thank you for having us. Have a good evening.